Hi, this is Megan McHugh, and this is the podcast of Triple R Zero G, a weekly radio show exploring science fiction, fantasy, and historical. Zero G is broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Monday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via our Facebook page or the Triple R website. Singing along here today. G'day. Welcome aboard the Starship Zero G Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Historical Radio for episode number 1386. You be, oh. you be get smart to watch and listen to Zero G today. Our title is Free Guy with Every Game. Our podcast title is Potachoo. <laughs> I am Rob Jan. And Megan McHugh. And that, well, oh, and that was the uh, Mama Cass with um, Make Your Own Kind of Music from a single version of that classic song, which we know very well on Zero G from episodes of Lost, mm. even though we try not to talk about that much anymore. <laughs> but that song does come up in the new Ryan Reynolds movie, Free Guy, and we will be talking about that, that today. And it is a video game movie. And so it's entirely appropriate we lead in today with a talk about a computer game. And Mm -hmm. over to Megan. Yes. So before we head into the realm of Free Guy, uh, let's take a quick look, a detour into the land of Sinnoh, which uh, is the setting for Pokemon Legends Arceus. Now I could be saying that wrong. It could be Arceus. (laughs) I don't think it is. I think let's go with Arceus. So, uh, yes, Pokemon Legends Arceus, which I've been enjoying of late, last couple of weeks. It's been my go-to game. And so I said to Rob, how about I talk a little bit about that? Because I think it's a bit different to some of the previous Pokemon games. And when I've mentioned I've been playing it, a lot of people have been like, oh, is that any good? Oh, wanted to hear a bit more. So the developer is Game Freak and it's published as per usual by Nintendo and also the Pokemon company. Uh, this game is directed by Kazumasa Iwao. Iwao? Yeah. And written by Toshinobu Matsumiya. And it came out at the end of January this year, so it hasn't been out for very long and is on the Nintendo Switch, of course. So you can grab it there, digital, or you can get a hard copy game from your hard copy game seller. It is a single-player game, so no multiplayer here, and it's sort of an open-world situation. You can go out and quest and uh, find catch and defeat Pokemon. So I'll tell you a little bit about the plot, but first let us lead in with a familiar ditty to get us in the Pokemon mood. Triple R. Oh, there was a bit of nostalgia for you. So that was, of course, the <laughs> very familiar Pokemon theme because we are talking about Pokemon Legends Arceus, which is Arc, <laughs> not Arceus. <laughs> We are talking about Pokemon Legends Arceus, <laughs> uh, which is out now on the Nintendo Switch. Okay, let's set the scene. I have to say up front uh, that, mm. that I am a Team Rocket guy. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Well, you you might be in unfamiliar territory here, actually. So. Ah. We're in, yes, we're in a totally different time period situation. You've fallen out of a vortex in the sky, as you do, <laughs> and landed in an ancient Japanese region 
which is based on Hokkaido, which I thought was very interesting. And it's a totally different era where Pokemon run wild and humans are kind of quite wary of the Pokemon and they don't really live in harmony. And not much is known about these ancient wild creatures. So luckily, because you uh, have a lot of prowess in this area, you do manage to prove yourself shortly after you've fallen out of the sky with no memory of your origin. Some people do believe you and take you on. So you prove your prowess with the Pokemon. And instead of being thrown out on your ear, because you're discovered just, you know, lying on the ground, I think, instead of being thrown out on your ear, you're actually welcomed into the local village, Jubilee Life Village, and taken under the wing of a professor who's giving you a chance and advocates for you and you're allowed to enter the Galaxy Expedition Team, also known as the Galaxy Team, as part of the Survey Corps. So in your role in the Corps, you're tasked with battling and catching different Pokemon and recording oh, your findings. Oh. Yeah, here we go. In in a This is becoming familiar. In a Pokedex, the first catalogue of these wild and ferocious Pokemon in the uh, Hisui region. That's the region that you're in now that you're going to explore as part of the game. So part of the study and collection process involves ticking off different criteria for all the different Pokemon. And depending on ticking off these certain boxes, you know, seeing it use a particular skill, catching it unawares, defeating it and things. So if you manage to complete a certain amount of criteria, you do complete that entry and it's kind of ticked off that that Pokemon has been researched and you're you're happy and sometimes that will help you meet certain side quests and things. So the aim, of course, is completing the Pokedex. So you can explore the different areas um, of the region and you'll gradually unlock more terrain. The game does guide you through that as you gain the trust of different noble Pokemon. Uh, and as you gain the trust of different kinds of these special noble Pokemon, that allows you to unlock newer areas. Uh, you can cross water, scale mountains and run quickly along the field. So it just means while you're limited when you first start the game in many ways, because obviously your Pokemon are quite uh, immature and lower level. So you've got to build them up and then the game does unlock different areas as you keep progressing. So you can cross onto islands you couldn't reach before, things like that. So each of the areas houses different Pokemon, different resources. And so you're, you're tasked with going to explore battle and, and catch them all as they say. <laughs> um, when you do tire of your expeditions out in the field. Uh, you can head back to the village to report on your progress and level up. You can buy new outfits, get your hair done, teach your Pokemon new skills in the practice arena, craft items and buy things at the store. Some of this is available as well when you're out surveying, but uh, the, the village is really your home base and you can talk to other villagers. So the more you do, you'll be leveling up your status in the core and then you're able to train and fight with stronger and stronger Pokemon as as it goes. There is a bigger, vague, overarching story, which to be honest, I'm paying minimal attention to. Something involves winning over the different clans in the area and helping to tame these wild, noble Pokemon who are frenzied. And so they're filled with this you know, glittering rage and you have to help tame them, calm them down and un, un release them from this frenzy. And so they, they act as kind of a level boss, basically. Do we have like little angry Pikachu again? Cause that is so cute. 
<laughs> they do, yeah. So basically you'll see the nice friendly version of the Pokemon and then it'll be like, oh, it's frenzied and it'll be all like, you know, <laughs> limbs waving or what have you. <laughs> so, and, you know, there's the backstory is, oh, you fell out of the vortex. What's the deal with the vortex? So there's a mixture of characters you'll come across uh, and you'll be able to get different requests, fulfill um fulfill those and gain more resources and that helps guide your expeditions out into the the field and as does um the professor professor laventon and so he's advocated for you and he'll help you along and keep you going on your main quest so the world is linked to the worlds of previous pokemon games pokemon diamond and pokemon pearl so there's a bit of overlap in the setup there uh, a bit about the actual gameplay. So that's kind of where we're at. We're in this ancient style region. It's very calming and, and you're really just exploring. So there is a main quest to keep you anchored and that's the one where you'll come across these frenzied Pokemon and different clans and, and it'll help you push into more and more regions and explore. So that does encourage you to unlock more of the game. But, of course, there are side quests which are called requests and that'll yield items or encourage you to explore different parts of certain regions once you've unlocked certain skills and and you can ride certain noble Pokemon and things like that. So basically with the village as your base, you're heading out, you're catching Pokemon, battling, gathering resources to craft Pokeballs, potions, and but that can also be in tandem with selecting quests and things for you to do. There are alpha Pokemon out there too, so they've got these like red eyes and you get more rewards and things from them if you manage to catch them. So there's a way the game kind of continues to challenge you. For people who are very keen on new Pokemon content, there are seven new species in the game and then there's some new forms of some existing Pokemon too. So you'll see, even if you're an avid Pokemon player, you'll see some new stuff in this game. Uh, if you're hesitant because it's been a while since you played a Pokemon game, and that was me, early on, you'll only come across Pokemon that are appropriate for your level. And the game does easy win to getting used to the battle system again and how to catch and level up the Pokemon. And it all happens very gradually and it's quite guided in a nice way as you get the hang of things again. So you have your little team of Pokemon, it's, you know, turn-based combat as you, as you, I'm assuming most people know. And you can switch them in and out pretty easily, heal them up with rest. So it's it's actually not very challenging in that way, is in that you are able to do some of those things. It doesn't want to see you suffer. And it's pretty good availability of getting items and crafting while you're out there. So I've been sticking to my main team of go-tos. They have a nice mix of different types. But if you wanted to really change it up quite often, it's not too onerous to have to do that. Uh, it's 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 quite nice the way the game, it just helps you have a fairly relaxing time and not having to worry too much about the, you know, I've missed this or lost that. I have to go all the way back to the village to do this. Um, there's little camps that, that help you out there. And there's lots of prompts around what's effective, this move's effective or not. I know that's, I think that's from all the games, but you know, if, if you haven't played a Pokemon game in a while, it's nice to know that there's prompts there for you that are still going to help you get the hang of it again. Um, so before I delve into sort of my overall experience, um, I'll play a little track. So one thing I did really enjoy about the game is the soothing music. Um, and so I've got a cover of one of the soundtrack pieces. This one's Jubilife Village. So this will play when you're in your little home base. 
and you can change your clothes, talk to villagers, wander around, eat your mochi. And uh, this is a cover by Masters of Sound. So I thought we might have a little listen to this. Hello, Nimrods. <laughs> this is Master Shake from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. I'm Meatwad, a key member of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And guess what? You're listening to Zero G. Or oh, 3 Triple R FM, Australia's only real classic rock, right? You do classic rock I here, right? I thought this was easy listening. Ah, uh, whatever. Hey, don't matter. I'll talk all the time. What, but with music. Three triple RFM. And no one will defeat the quad laser. That's just a little bit of taste of life in Jubilife Village. Uh, that's from Pokemon, Pokemon Legends Arceus. And that version was by Masters of Sound. So, you know, pretty typical, gentle video game fair. And... I wanted to ask Megan, and I'm feeling very relaxed now after that track. <laughs> I feel like just wandering around the village and everything. But I wondered, with the video game, I'm very used to the, the anime and the animation style, 2D animation mm. and so on. What's the style of the artwork like in the game? Is it like 3D mm. rendered or? Yes. Yeah, so it's much more, it's 3D, still in that anime-esque Pokemon style, but it's definitely, I know some of the earlier games are more of a top-down 2D situation. This one is much more, it's a 3D world and you're going across different expanses of hills and so on and crossing water. That said, it's quite, um, I don't want to say a simple landscape, but it's, it's not that challenging in terms of the different terrain you're facing so there are different areas that have swamps and things that you've got to navigate but there's nothing here that's really going to annoy you in terms of uh traversing about the game uh which i think is is one of the game's strengths in that i think it's quite actually quite straightforward but it is styled in the way of an open world game even though i'd say it's open world light so it's taken some cues from the Legend of Zelda game Breath of the Wild, which is, you know, one of the top tier games of ever. <laughs> uh, but it's it's taken some light cues for that. But I don't think it's in any way trying to be that game or trying to compete on that level. I think it said, what do we want to do with this game? Cool, it's a Pokemon catching game and you're battling Pokemon and we just want to have a nice region that you can explore at your own pace. And I think it's met that it's met that quite nicely. I've really been enjoying just trotting around, um, and it's definitely some of the style is the old fashioned because it's meant to be set in an older era of Japan as well. So it's not very contemporary. So you arrive in your contemporary clothes, and they're like, "Oh no, no, let's get you out of those." So you wearing some traditional dress, and you can get your character looking really nice in some traditional kimono and things like that. So. It's it's meant to be a little bit nostalgic, and um, but yeah, so I'd say it's quite a love. It's actually quite a nice environment to to waddle around in, mm-hmm. and I found it very uh, meditative actually. So yeah. my go to used to be Animal Crossing, and then I got stressed out because it became about a list list of tasks to do, and I'd get upset if I hadn't chopped chopped my trees and. <laughs> check the shop and it became too much like real life. I still have a lot of love for that game, but this is really nice in that it's, I tried to play um, 
Pokemon Sword and it didn't quite take because that's much more you go into different towns and gyms and leveling up and it just didn't click. Whereas this, you really, it's your own pace. There's no gyms, you're out in nature, wild Pokemon all around and you can just explore and do what you want to do and then pick and return to the quests and do different quests as you want. So if you just want to do a small thing, you can pick like, you know, complete this entry for this Pokemon for for such and such because she wants to see the Pokemon that has the big fists or whatever. <laughs> so you can just go to that region, have a look around, try and catch some, and it's less pressure. So the stakes are quite low, and I think this is where my mind was at um, for the moment. So it is a little glitchy, and, you know, it's not in the realm of some of the more tri- other AAA games that look amazing and it's like, whoa, but it's – it's best handheld, so I always play it handheld. On the TV, it starts to look a little bit more <laughs> um, rough around the edges, I suppose, but it's not trying to do too much. So it's not an intricate, vast, it's not like you're entering the world of Elden Ring or whatever. It's it's simple. Mm. It's soothing. Uh, and I think the familiar grind of, of catching Pokemon, battling it out, and uh, that f- falling into that nice pattern that's what I am resonating with. I think if you're not in the mood for that and you're in the mood for something really narrative-based or pushing action forward and things like that, that's not this game. This is a game that you want to have where you're using game time as something that's a bit of a stress relief, something where you're maybe uh, repeating tasks. So, like, if you know, if you're into farming simulators and stuff like that, something like this might be good because this is, you know, you know what you're doing and you're just going out there picking what you're going to do and that's part of what the appeal is. So for me, it ticks it ticks all the boxes of a Pokemon game. There's cute critters. Um, the battle system is pretty fun. You're interacting with some different characters, but there's not too it's not too story heavy, which while I'm someone who loves story, this that's not what I'm coming to this game for. And the actual open world is is nice in, in that it's simple and I don't feel overwhelmed by it. Like all the possibilities, it's it's much more um, path driven. So it's and it does seem fairly linear so far with just some side quests to keep you to keep you going. So and I mean with two hundred and forty two Pokemon to catch, <laughs> uh, I think you could. I'll be spending some time in here for a while because I've definitely not got two hundred and forty two. I've probably got like thirty. <laughs> so. That's a start. Um, <laughs> it's a start. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and, yeah, so for me I think it's it's a particular kind of game that you have to be in the right frame of mind for and feeling that's the kind of game you're after. Don't come into this thinking, oh, I'm, I haven't finished Breath of the Wild, I'll just pull out Pokemon Arceus because, no, if you feel like playing a Pokemon game, come to this. If you want something simple and, you know, a bit of a stress relief, come to this. Don't come to this if you're, you know, wanting the next great adventure that's going to be, you know, fully engaging for the time you play. Uh, so, yeah, different different things meet different needs. So that's Pokemon Legends Arceus. It's available on the Nintendo Switch and yeah, it's out now. So mm. I would I would recommend it, but with the caveats I've mentioned. Mm. Yeah. I just want to see the electrification of everybody using Pikachu. I just want to see that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> he's in my party, I will say, oh. although he's he's evolved. So he's not Pikachu anymore. 
but um, yeah, I've got my I've got my favorites in there, and I'm I'm hesitant to trade them out. I get very attached to who I'm using, so yeah. Well, thank you, Megan, for the Pika Pika at the new Pokemon game. <laughs> 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 Some uh, speaking of peaks, Picard season two on Ooh, Amazon. I've watched enough episodes mm-hmm. now to sort of get a handle on it. Just as season one was the coda that we didn't know that we needed for Star Trek Next Generation, and a, mm-hmm. and a pretty pleasant one it was, uh, yeah. where they were revisiting old friends and foes a lot. Well, there's more of that in season two, and they are also playing every trope that has ever been popular and successful on Star Trek. Time travel, alternative timelines, journeys to the 21st century, the Borg, the Q. <laughs> all of those popular tropes oh and and uh, a federation gone bad as well like a mirror universe oh. type thing very popular tropes seen them so many times on star trek yeah. but they are well rigged tropes at least so far mm-hmm. so i'm enjoying mm-hmm. it and i think you may very well too now another show that i've caught up with season two space force oh yes yes and uh we wondered if whether or not in season two whether it could exist in a world mercifully free of the Trump administration. Mm. But, yes, there is still plenty to satirise about bureaucracy and yet enable them to come to a landing with a smile at the end of each episode. It's a, It's got a lot of heart, that show, surprisingly. Mm. That one's on Netflix. Uh, also, All of Us Are Dead, we have had a good tra- chat about that. And mm-hmm. I can tell you now that it... One of our questions was, are we going to be stuck in that school for the whole time? Yes and Mm -hmm. no, but they do open it up to go outside the school at the perfectly timed point. So we we do like shows that do what we say. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least appear to. And, yeah, no problem with that. Really enjoying All of Us Are Dead in my sick, twisted way (laughs) because it's a zombie show. Now, as the Netflix Marvel shows have now finished their migration (laughs) to Disney Plus, Disney Plus, Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. and also Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the other ones from ABC and so on. They've all gathered there as well. Uh, There is a trailer that's been um, booted around at the moment for Ms. Marvel. Yes. Mm -hmm. Live action series. Favourite of mine, the character I've been following the comics since they began on account of their determined cultural diversity. And plus, Ms. Marvel is just generally an interesting character. You know, so she's ended up interacting with levels of other Marvels, including Captain Marvel herself, who she is a fangirl of, and Tony Stark too. Interesting that Kamala in the uh, trailer is using her wrist guards as the source of her powers because mm. she has actually an inhuman in the comic books and was affected by the Terrigen Mist, which even if you haven't read the comic books, you might have run across in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because that's where their inhumans got their powers from. But they seem to be bypassing the whole inhuman connection of the comics in the mm. MCU, probably partly because uh, Kevin Feige doesn't particularly like the inhumans as far as I can tell. The television series wasn't too successful and got cancelled. Mm. So I think they sort mm. of pushed that aside. There was a, a movie as well planned, but, you know, they've all, all sort of mm. been shoved mm. in the corner. So they're, they're going to go with this. And fandom is a buzz that those – Risk guards may be nigger bands or quantum bands, most of which have ties to the Cree race. 
and of course oh. to Carol Danvers and Marvell yeah. Legacy. The nega bands uh, tie into the negative zone, right? Which is not something that we ever go into in zero G. <laughs> Perhaps it's also a de-emphasis on the comics body stretching, embiggening powers because they may be too mm. similar to Reed Richards' signature ability. You know? I see, and we're going to be seeing some new incarnations of Fantastic Four, I think, at some point. Yeah, maybe a, a very point point very soon. Anyway, I'm very much looking forward to seeing Iman Vellani playing the title role of Kamala Khan and Ms. Marvel. Mm-hmm. It's scheduled to come out on streaming on uh, June 8th this year, Ooh, six episodes. So just like all of the other um, mm-hmm. recent Marvel series, Phase four of the MCU, and it's going to be a setup for the 2023 film, The Marvels. Yeah. And so she's going to reprise her role in that live action movie. And of course, there'll be like Captain Marvel and other people and so on. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Uh, that's not the most up to date series that's coming out. Of course, that's Moon Knight on March the oh, 30th. I am very excited because I love Oscar Isaac. And I love a dark turn on looking at, you know, tortured, dark character, blah, blah, blah. So I mm. I think I actually prefer Moon Knight to Batman, even though I haven't actually seen Moon Knight or read much about his exploits. Anyway, uh, that's going to conclude its run just about the time that Doctor Strange pops into the multiverse of madness. So No coincidence. No, 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 absolutely not. So that was all set up by Loki mm. and um, – uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. So, you know, so much to look forward to. But for the moment, we're going to go with Free Guy. That's F-R-E-E, Guy. If I huh? if I meant three, I would have said three. <laughs> so let's have a track from that intro, that movie which we've watched. And this is one of Christoph Beck's little pieces, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer alumni in terms of composition. And this is from the Three Guy soundtrack album. And this is uh, a track called I Remember Everything. Hello, this is Wendy Padbury. I played Zoe Herriot on Doctor Who and Sue Craig on Free Wheelers. You're listening to Zero G on 3RRFM. Zero G? Well, I'm quite sure that doesn't add up. Hmm. But it does add up <laughs> for us at the moment as we just played a Christoph Beck track from the soundtrack album of Free Guy, <laughs> which is actually what it says on the tin. It is a comedy science fiction movie directed and produced by Sean Levi. You can find it on Disney Plus at the moment. And mm-hmm. it, uh, I think it went pretty much direct to streaming. I think so too, and I think it came out at a particular time where I think they've just gone, "Mm, we're not going to risk this with a cinema release, let's pop it straight to streaming. And to be honest, so I'd seen it on there, and then when you suggested it, I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen that, that looks all right. You know, I love Ryan Reynolds, and that's why he has so many movies, it can only be described as Ryan Reynolds' vehicles. But uh, he's a likeable sort, a likeable chap. And then I'm just going to show my hand now, what a delight. I was so surprised and delighted by this film. I had so much fun and, yeah, thank you for suggesting it. Oh, you're welcome. I saw it and I had the same thought and I thought, you know, as Scooby-Doo would say, Ryan Reynolds, and 
Well, you know, I like him. He reminds mm. me of kind of like Jim Carrey, only yeah, a little more down to earth as he actually <laughs> yeah. actually on the planet. But that, that's not a that's not a backhanded uh, compliment or uh, anything at all. I do like the guy's style. I enjoy his yeah. acting. Anyway, this is directed by Sean Adam Levy uh, from Canada, director, mm-hmm. producer, and actor. We have seen his work before: Night at the Museum. Uh, Real Steer, which I wasn't really all that happy with. Um, the Adam Project, which is the other Ryan Reynolds movie that's out now. And, yes, that one's on Netflix. Yes, and Stranger Things, mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. which shows up Producer. in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, he was a producer on uh, Arrival. So, you know, so he actually got an Academy Award nomination for Best Picture on that one. So I thought that was pretty cool. And... The screenplay is by Matt Lieberman, who's like this oh, uh, Disney feature writer's program darling. You know, he's done so many of those things. Uh, worked on Short Circuit, Monopoly, Zombie Brother, <laughs> Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, um, Scoob and The Addams Family. You know, there's just so many of these things this guy's worked mm. on. Uh, Zach Penn threw in some uh, stabilising influence onto that. Now, this movie... <sighs> Free Guy reminds me of so many other movies to start with. Mm, uh, mm. Movies about, because it is about a video game. And Mm -hmm. basically, it is an in game movie. So, you know, we're talking Tron, kind of the last Starfighter, obviously Ready Player One. uh, Mm. But cross it with like uh, WandaVision or Pleasantville and The Truman Show and ask yourself the question what if The Matrix was funny? like that so you know it's also got feelings of uh, jumanji and Mm. even john carpenter's they live because there's this whole deal Mm. with uh, special sunglasses and look i'm really glad that i watched the mythic quest show not because it's just great (laughs) but because it also means i did not have to run to get up to speed with free guy i feel like i i I live in that space already and it also reminds me of the lego movies too Yes, yeah, so there's a bit of spoof elements in there, big, obviously a lot of love for pop culture and video games and also respect for the development and I found that quite interesting as someone who works in tech. I loved, you know, and we loved Mythic Quest. It was so cool having that because I was like, oh, is it going to be all in game? Like what's, but then of course there's the layer, another layer outside the game where you learn a little bit more about these other characters and it all just came together, I think, in this enjoy, like, it was just a fun movie. It was a great piece of entertainment. Mm. And I do think at the core there's – because, you know, as someone – I've played GT Grand Theft Auto. I've played all those games where, you know, the poor NPCs, non-player characters, you know, thrown all over the place, leg, you know, legs flailing, very little. And me as a player, very little regard. And I thought it was such an interesting just the one-line premise of, like, what if an NPC started to – be like the main character and, and have feelings and movements and and be a real person. And I was like, oh, this is clever as well as being funny. And there are lots of tropes on display here that are good science fiction things to explore, mm. you know, holding up a mirror to the idea of artificial intelligence and mm. if it existed, would it have rights? What would you be entitled to do to it? You know, when, when you're just walking through a game, just just popping off NPC players as you go along, there's one, bang, there's yeah. one, bang, you know. If they were real people and characters, you know, yeah. you'd be feeling pretty awful about it. It's it's all, I, it's all set in free game city and mm-hmm. everyone in the world is obsessed with this new game. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a bit like Westworld, where you can do practically anything you want as long as it's villainous. So you'd have to be, yeah, yeah. you'd have to be bucking the trend to not be a villain, because you know it's like robbing banks and and stealing mm-hmm. cars and the whole thing. You're all familiar. It's with very that. Grand Theft Auto-y, and I think there's a bit of a template there. And yeah, I mean, uh, one thing I will quickly say is I like that it brings up all those things, but it's not preachy about in-game violence like i think it raises some interesting points but you're not going to a lecture on video games and their effect on society per se not that there's necessarily anything wrong with that in the right place there are some interesting little points about here that they make about gun violence absolutely Mm. i will say it's the right amount to get you thinking Mm. yeah all right ryan reynolds plays the free guy of the title and guy is actually the character's last name uh, of course. He's also known as Blue Shirt Guy because he has a wardrobe full of pretty button-down standard bank clerk blue shirts, which he does wear because that's where he works. And yeah. he's stuck in that NPC uh, rut that just keeps rolling along, repeating, so Groundhog Day sort of cycle, yep. until one day something breaks him out of that. Yes. Mm. i got to mm. say, I don't know whether Ryan Reynolds plays Deadpool or Deadpool plays Ryan Reynolds. I think everything Ryan Reynolds is in, he plays Ryan Reynolds. Like, he's got chops, but he's always him. Sort of a bit like Chris Evans is always Chris Evans, uh, including in this movie. (laughs) Yes, the cameo game is strong here, 100%. I think Channing Tatum shows up. What a brilliant cameo he has. Oh. And he's just having a good time. And also, I don't know if I want to say, because there is a bit of a reveal, but Taika Waititi is in here too, having a good time. Um, And of course, Jodie Comer is in this as well as one of the main characters. And my delight, did not know he was in this, Joe Keery from Stranger Things. Uh, Very delighted to see him show up. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, Ryan Reynolds gets to play... <laughs> by the old technology now of uh, voice and facial capture, he plays a, a muscular version of himself called Dude. And, uh, you know, he's, I think he did uh, some mocap for um, the uh, Juggernaut character in one of the Deadpool movies, too, from memory. So he loves mm-hmm. to do that. You know, look, we don't need to go into RR's um, CV. We've, we know him so much from Deadpool and so many other great movies. And, so he's, he's, he's solid in this. He carries this movie. Um, Jodie Comer uh, is Millie, the British-accented adventurer character, although she is played by, well, you know, she does a couple of things in this movie, so I won't go into that because I won't reveal any of that. But we've seen her before in uh, Killing Eve, playing the killer spy Oksana Astonkova. <laughs> so... Yeah, and also she's played uh, Ray's mum in Rise of Skywalker in flashbacks. So she's in this game because she's trying to get some uh, proof of copyright, really, when you think about it, about Mm. this particular game, and the evidence can be found in the game. What did you think of that? I I really liked that that aspect of it, the the in-game detective stuff. What did you think of that? I I liked it. I think, I mean, obviously they're drawing a long bow in how some of these things would actually work, but I think it was all fictionalized in a really nice way. And I, I I liked how they melded those things together, but I, I do also think that the idea of 
indie game developers and also like the big AAA games. Like I think they're making a bit of a statement around that as well. And I like the idea of her going, I mean, it's, it's a great setup premise, right? She has to go into the game, play and immerse in the game in order to unlock uh, and find these certain, certain things. But I mean, it's, it's also probably not completely unrealistic because in gaming, like they'll reskin certain things. So if you are developing on top of other work that, that that code might still be there and you might still be able to unlock certain things that mm. that you know maybe you shouldn't so mm. some of it was realistic enough to sell me mm. we've also got uh, joe keery playing uh an, an employee at the gaming studio and uh, of course we know him from stranger things uh steve right yes yeah. yes the hair <laughs> But I've seen him more recently in, in the um, in both of the Deaf to uh, 2020 yeah. and 2021 comedy specials. So watch those. Mm. We've got Lil Rel Howery playing Buddy, uh, guy's best friend in the uh, in the in the, the city bank. Uh, I've seen him before in Get Out as well. So yes. he was good in that too. Uh, we've also got Taika Waititi, as we mentioned. We, let's not talk too much about his. He's, no. he's got, look, let's just say he's way worse than Iron Grimm <laughs> in, in Mythic Quest. And, you know, they, there were so many great cameos in this. There's lots of voice cameos too. So I'm not, mm. not going to detail those because you can have fun trying to, to pick them out. Um, and they they do also actually do... Uh, the streamers that you see in the movie are all real streaming personalities. So they'll be people that you would recognize if you're interested in game streaming world. I recognized a couple of them. Uh, and so I thought that was a nice touch that really leans towards trying to sell, sell this concept a little more by using people who, you know, it's like a movie within a movie kind of thing, real streamers playing streamers in this fake game world. So that was cool. But not, but not pooty shoes. <laughs> No, no. It was so Mythic Quest. I'm looking at this thinking, wow, I feel like I've stepped into the, the mirror universe of a Mythic Quest episode. It made me want to go back and rewatch Mythic Quest. <laughs> Let's have. Especially, sorry, especially the episode, the standalone one um, that they had about the two indie game developers. Oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, and Long Dark Death or something, Dark Quiet Death. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was like, oh, yeah, it's reminiscing. Now, Jodie Comer gets to play. Uh, some a musical role in this. She she's got a song uh, that she particularly likes, and so they stuck her on the uh, the soundtrack with her own cover version of Fantasy. And this actually comes out on a single. It's not very long, but you know I thought that's kind of cool. A celebrity singer built in. Hi, this is Richard E. Grant, and you're listening to Triple R. Cheers and chin chin. <laughs> There we go. That wasn't Mariah Carey. That was Jodie Comer from <laughs> the Free Guy soundtrack. I, I mean, I'm not surprised she has singing chops. I didn't know she did that cover. It's such a nice cover. And the bit where it's in the movie, I got teared up again. Mm. It's such a fun ride. Such a good, such a good scene. Anyway, I'm just so excited about this random movie. But um, from, it's a nice track from singing to dancing, Channing Tatum's. Little cameo, and this is perfect. God, that guy can dance. 
And I love how he's not afraid to make fun of himself. Like he just seems, you know, he's just so good natured and yeah, he he can definitely move his body. He's very talented. And Chris Evans, language fellow. <laughs> oh, that that was a good moment too. I mean, those are the bits towards the end that we won't spoil, of course, no. but there's some good scenes where I was like, yes, that's cool. And it's not just people that get um, cameos in Free Guy. It, there are artifact cameos as well. Mm-hmm. And I, I'll blink and you'll miss it, but I'm pretty sure that was a Deadpool-style unicorn at one stage. <laughs> you, know, you know, he's having a – Ryan Reynolds is having a lot of fun with his connections with yeah. those sorts of things in this movie. I actually think this was so much fun. I, I have mm. no problem with it at all. The special effects are really eye-popping with more multiversal reality-bending moments than a Doctor Strange movie. And mm. I, I thought that the, the whole – gaming detective elements in it were, were quite good. And, mm. I mean, how many times can you say bubblegum ice cream? Actually, <laughs> bubblegum ice cream, bubblegum ice No, I can't do it. I really can't. It's, it's, in, it, it's inventive. It's, it's seamless. And that's actually hard to do because they're popping in and out of in-game space. Yeah. And they do that yep. flawlessly. It, and just at the right moment, like I said, when I was like, oh, is this whole movie this? Then it shifts and you get that other layer and they build on that. And you're there for all the characters. Like Ryan Re- Reynolds really sold the earnest nature of Guy. Yeah. But you're with him on this journey to like building up his skills. And, you know, as someone who has does play these games, there were so many touches I was like, that's clever. I appreciate you've included that. Oh, that's a nice touch. Things like that. Yeah. It felt very respectful of games while it was still trying to make an interesting point about them too, I thought, and mixing in like sci-fi tech elements like AI and stuff. I love God mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who, who hasn't done that? <laughs> yeah. uh, and the way that um, when you're not actually able to see what the characters are interacting with, it looks like nonsense on the street. Mm, you know, mm, people mm, seemingly mm. jumping up for no particular reason and people jumping and failing like like you do in a game. Yes. <laughs> yep. 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 And and I think that just even the ideas of around sort of the, the latter end of the film when they're like people are trying to complete their missions and, and you realise how empty game, you know, the NPCs are there for a reason to fill out the world. Yeah. And it just makes you think about things you just don't normally think about, and that was the whole point of the film. But you're having a good time as well. So, Yeah, I, I have nothing bad to say about this film. I mean, yeah, okay, you could say it's derivative, but so what? I mean, that's kind of part of the meta-commentary, really, in this one. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, yeah, it gets a bit corny at the end. Yeah. But uh, I am I was fine with it. I, I Look, there's some stuff that happens towards the end. I'm like, no one would actually do that. Like, that's just your burning piles of money. Um, but for the uh, dramatic tension, I, I, I get it. I get it. There's a few things that I'd pick out, but that's just me being fussy. And uh, But honestly, I finished the film and I was like, so happy I'd watched it and I'd said to someone else who I, I know had watched it, I was like, I really enjoyed that. Mm. It was it was surprisingly good and they said the same. They were pleasantly surprised by how because it just seems a bit unassuming. Yeah. Um, like nothing against Ryan, nothing against sci-fi comedies, but I was like, oh, yeah, it'll just be, you know, but I really had a good time with it. I love the soundtrack. There's lots of call-outs to classic bits of music. We played a Mama, a Mama Cuss mm-hmm. um, track at the start of the show. 
that uh, featured in it, and they did um, Greatest American Hero as well, which I thought was yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, you know, just yeah, yeah, popped yeah. in at the appropriate moments. And Christoph Beck with his soundtrack, he's clearly channeling some uh, Alan Silvestri mm-hmm. from nineteen eighties movies. Uh, yeah, you know, it's. Um, I, I came out of this thinking, ah, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> It's a breath of fresh air. Yeah, we, it is. And we need that. Oh, my gosh, do we need that. All right, so it's called Free Guy. It's on Disney+. Plus. And, well, I think I will be going off and looking at the sort of like a companion piece in a way, nothing to do with it, The Adam Project as well. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Another sort of sci-fi-esque. Uh, it looks a little bit more serious, mm. but I'm, I'm interested. I think – yeah, Ryan Reynolds is doing a lot at the moment, but I'm interested in some of his projects. So, hmm. All right. Well, that's about it for Zero G for today. And we are going to go out with a track from The Nomad Soul, and this is mm-hmm. uh, The Dreamers. And this is uh, an adventure game that came out in 1999, 2000. And David Bowie did uh, the soundtrack with Reeves Gabriel. So, I mean, you know. <laughs> Perfect. Parts of that are also on some of the Bowie albums, but this is from that actual one. All right. So until next week, thank you to our podcaster, Kayla Larson. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Kayla. And Joe Brunatic is coming up next with Astral Glamour. And thank you, Megan. Thank you, Rob. And until next week, don't have a good day. Have a great day. G'day, this is Rob Jan. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Triple R's Zero G, a weekly radio show exploring science fiction, fantasy and historical. Zero G is broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Monday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via our Facebook page or the Triple R website.